Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, JC. I'm obviously Chrisanne, and we're so happy to have you with us here today. Whether you're listening to us on iTunes, Google Music Play, you're listening to us on your podcast, or you're watching us either live on YouTube right now on Facebook or watching us later on YouTube. I'm just, I don't know about you, JC, I'm just always excited knowing that there are people out there that are interested in liberty reporting rather than political reporting. And so there was something that I wanted to, to mention uh, leading off, uh, Nancy Pelosi is warring now with YouTube and Twitter. Oh, I saw that. And um, you want to pull that up? Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi is warring with YouTube and Twitter, and I'm and I'm wondering if maybe this might be something that we should keep our eyes on because you know politics have been uh, wanting to control Facebook for some time now and Twitter for some time now. Scroll down, JC. There's some text in there that I want to talk about. Now, all of this is about a video that Donald Trump, uh, well, I'm sure Donald Trump didn't make it, but the Trump team made. Scroll, keep mm -hmm. scrolling down. You want me to do that? Okay. Um, the Donald Trump team made, and she's not happy about it, right? She thinks that it's, uh, well, her team thinks that it's some kind of deliberate fake news. So, uh, Hamill, Drew Hamill, Pelosi's deputy chief of staff on Friday, demanded that the, the video be removed from Facebook and Twitter. He said, the American people know that the president has no qualms about lying to them, but it's a shame to see Twitter and Facebook sources of news for millions do the same. He says the latest fake video of Speaker Pelosi is deliberately designed to mislead and lie to the American people and every day that these platforms refuse to take it down is another reminder that they care more about their shareholders' interests than the public's interests. Now, JC, I think this is adequate place for pause, appropriate place for pause, because is Facebook and Twitter, are they a government program? They're not a government program. <laughs> government company, you mean? Yeah, a government company, right? Okay. They're not a government company. Government program might be a different conversation. Right, exactly. Well, are they a government company? They're, they're not a government company. Somebody could argue, mind you, that, well, they got grant money or whatever to build it. But that does not make it a government company. And a government company is one that must need the, meet the needs of the public. A private corporation... Why is it somehow now demonized that a private corporation would want to keep its shareholders happy? I mean, that's, that's what he's saying here, right? He's saying that Facebook and Twitter care more about their shareholders' interests than the public's interests. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't a corporation want to keep their shareholders happy above everybody else? By definition. By definition of being a private corporation, yeah, right? That's that's always a refrain trotted out by the Marxists. So this is. But how how can uh, are so is this are like conservatives chomping back at Pelosi? 
Well, what's interesting what, what's is... What's the response? Oh, wrong place. Because it's... Facebook chomped back at Pelosi. Uh-huh. Andy Stone, the face, a Facebook spokesman, responded to Mr. Hamill on Twitter writing, Sorry, are you suggesting the president didn't make those remarks and the speaker didn't rip up her speech? <laughs> right? Because that's the whole thing. He's, he, he's calling this fake news. He's trying to condemn Twitter and Facebook for not pulling it down as fake news. Mm-hmm. And he's and his response was quite appropriate. What do you mean? Are you saying these events did not happen? Yeah, that's because, you know, at this moment, Pelosi is considered part of the estab- Democrat establishment. So she's not going to find any, any uh, help, any cover from the rat, you know, the, the AOC Bernie Sanders left. That's what's funny. So maybe if it were Sanders saying that, then they would they would say, yeah, yeah, let's take that down. That has no place on Facebook. But I'm curious, uh, what what argument do conservatives have? Because this this is the exact same argument that conservatives were making right. just I haven't seen the day it. before. Well, <laughs> right, exactly. And this is why I said we need to kind of really look at this. We need to keep a co- close eye on this because. Anytime you have a situation where all of a sudden you're going to have what they call a bipartisan effort now, mm-hmm. because that's how they win in yeah. in uh, oppressive politics. Yeah, no, it, this, so this should now be bipartisan. Yeah, right. So, so now this is bipartisan. So now it is bipartisan. Because up to this and, point, and that's why I think we need to pay close attention to. Up to it. this point, it's been right uh, conservatives saying. You right. Know, basically, let's let's take control of Google and Twitter and Facebook and whatever. Not not that they're not a problem. We you and I have this conversation often. Right. I think they're a huge problem. Uh, but but you this is the thing we were actually discussing in the car a couple of days ago. You have the whole family car trip. You have several. <laughs> the problem is there are several parallel arguments and issues going on here, and they all get conflated, and really opens up a dangerous a dangerous door. Well, and it does because look, the door that it opens one one more time is the government to control private companies. Now we've got uh, here in the chat room somebody says, "Well, if it is da- harmful or dangerously meeting to the misleading to the public, it is a problem." The problem is not what Facebook is putting out or what Facebook is allowing or not allowing to put out. The problem is that the government's intervention will prevent the people from making their own decisions. This is a caveat emptor kind of thing. This is a buyer beware. You've got to be smart enough to know the difference between real and fake. You've got to have the initiative. Stop laughing, JC. No, you've got to have the initiative to go forward with taking it to step two. I'm sorry. It's not the government's job to protect us from dangerous things. But this this term fake has become, they beat it like yeah, like right, a dead horse. It's right. become so overused. What are we talking about? I mean, what is what is the literal video that Trump the Trump team made? It's called satire. Yes. It's not fake news. Well, let's it's it's show not intended. The video. It's not intended to deceive. It's the assumption that because what happened, and you'll show the video, but they put the two things together, and so they're making the argument like it didn't happen in the sequence. She didn't stand up and rip it yeah. up in response to that, which, you know, and that's the thing about the left. They no longer, humor is no longer 
part of their worldview. And they don't, they don't, it's not that they don't understand humor, but they don't want it because it, humor is a good way to expose well, hypocrisy and untruth and that sort of thing. I think that the just political satire. I think that the left, more so than 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 right politics. I hate that term left and right, but the 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 liberal politics as opposed to the conservative politics, I believe they actually hold their audience at at a level of ignorance. Uh, they don't. They well, don't believe. To. Well, and I think that's part of the, the um, the whole idea of, of the neo sapien, right? So the 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 Democrat, the the liberals, all believe that the general population are a bunch of low level organisms, and yeah. that the people in power are are the super elite neo-sapiens. And so they hold their audience at this level and, and they say, okay, they'll watch this video and there's no way that they will know that this is not true. They'll actually believe that Nancy Pelosi, after after the the um, Tuskegee Airmen gets promoted to journal, general, got up and, you know, tore it. And, and you'll look, we're going to show the video so you can see it. And, and the bottom line here is that and this is why I wanted to bring this up, because the danger, once again, is now, like I said, bipartisan. When, when we came out, JC, opposed to the USMCA and the terrible liberty-stealing, constitution-destroying, economy-obliterating USMCA, putting us under the control of two Mexicans and a Canadian, or two Canadians and a Mexican, we seriously i know that's you laughing but we are now uh, with the signing of this agreement if we actually follow through two mexicans and a canadian sounds like a joke right two two mexicans and a canadian drop an international trade trade agreement yeah they they actually have the authority to create law to regulate our personal property our private property our resources you know, I mean, we thought the EPA and the in the Army Corps of Engineers was bad, but now you're going to have two Mexicans and a Canadian doing the same thing, right? <laughs> so all of a sudden now, Mexican and Canadian and globalists walk into a bar. Yeah, right. Mexican to says to the globalists, "Hey, you want to <laughs> control free trade? <laughs> Let's try the USMCA, right?" So here's the thing, JC. Out of the woodwork come all of these conservative Trump lovers, mm. and what's the argument? Well, it's bipartisan they're all in favor of this it's got to be a good thing since when do trump people believe that the democrats make something right but here's another thing right because trump endorses the usmca therefore it must yeah. be good but it wasn't oh trump endorses it it was oh it's bipartisan mm -hmm. right no but i'm saying that that's bipartisanship is not always okay but it is in this case because it also comes with trump's stamp of approval Right. Yeah. Well, we know that. Even the though line, he's so. never read the agreement, nor no. ever will, he's no. going on the advice of some globalist uh, swamp dweller. That's part of his administration, and nobody, nobody has pointed out to him who this guy is and why this is this destroys the sovereignty of uh, the nation you say you love. Yeah, especially to have him stand up and give that speech before the United Nations that the future is for. Patriots and not for globalists, and uh, then he uh, signs the USMCA, so, which is a total globalist freaking yeah. dream. So there's an example of what I've said several times. Trump doesn't write his speeches, so 
I love that line in his speech at the UN that the future doesn't belong to globalists, it belongs to patriots. But guess what? Trump didn't write that. He only read it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, does he believe it or whatever? I, you know, so you, where is that coming from? Then at the same time, in that's just like the other State of the Union thing. Within the same speech, that's why I said the State of the Union, I say is a team effort. Because within the same speech, you have state sovereignty or hinted liberty comments and then globalist comments side by side. So, you know, the whole the administration, all that swamp in D.C. is a mixture of all these folks. And they're in there together putting this this stuff, uh, putting stuff together. So, you, yeah. you, you know, how do you ever know what you're looking at? Who actually where does this come from? And then what does the president uh, what part of it? This president, the president actually believed. But satire, so here's the definition of satire. Remember this, you, we'll play the video next uh, that they're all in, that Pelosi's in an uproar about. So, satire, the use of humor, irony, and notice this, exaggeration or ridicule to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices uh, or corruption, particularly in the context of contemporary politics and other topical issues. Yeah. So, satire by nature by definition, uses exaggeration. It's it's understood that it's exaggeration to, to in a political context, to mock your political opponent uh, for, the, for their stupidity. Well, let's go ahead and play Which is this. what's going on. Uh, you can do that better than I can. So. In, this, in this video that the Trump team uh, put together. So here it is. Charles is one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen the first black fighter pilots, and he also happens to be Ian's great-grandfather. Tonight, we have a very special surprise. I am thrilled to inform you that your husband is back from deployment. He is here with us tonight, and we couldn't keep him waiting any longer. I can proudly announce tonight that an Opportunity Scholarship has become available. It's going to you, and you will soon be heading to the school of your choice. I will be with you again, he wrote to Gage. I will teach you to ride your first bike, build your first sandbox, watch you play sports, and see you have kids also. I love you, son. Take care of your mother. I am always with you, Daddy. On Easter Sunday of 2008, Chris was out on patrol in Baghdad when his Bradley fighting vehicle was hit by a roadside bomb. That night, he made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. To Kelly and Gage, Chris will live in our hearts forever. He is looking down on you now. Thank you.
In 2017, doctors at St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City delivered one of the earliest premature babies ever to survive. Today, Ellie is a strong, healthy two-year-old girl sitting with her amazing mother, Robin, in the gallery. Well, you get the idea here. Uh, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I think that anybody looking at that, and I might be crazy, would actually realize that, hello, um, that's not the order of events. But like yeah. you said, no, it's any, satire. Yeah, anybody who watched it knows that. If you didn't watch it, you ought to know that. I mean, how many, how many speeches does she have? Right. But, but the, obviously satire is crafted to make a message, right? So the right. message is the speech included these elements that everybody ought to be able to celebrate. She ripped up the speech. You know, she ripped the paper that supposedly celebrated the speech. So then there, the message is she didn't show support for any of these things, you know, so she's petty, right? That's kind of the thing. And it's just a right. just a campaign uh, fodder that she gave them on a silver platter. And oh, that's, I know. And that's Seriously, why on a yeah. silver platter. Holy that's why God. they're in an uproar about it and yeah. she wants it, they want it banned and whatever. They're, they're trying to, basically it's, it's a media, like this is a media stunt, uh, and I guess Turning Point USA maybe put it together, so mm -hmm. it's media kind of campaign stunt for Trump. And so then, uh, you know, Pelosi's coming back with their media, um, what do you call it, uh, um, damage control? Damage, media damage control. control, yeah, damage control for sure. So it doesn't have the effect that, you know, they know it will have. Well, but... <laughs> and remember, guys, we're 200, what, 250 days from the election. A, a lot of this stuff happening now doesn't mean a ton. No. Be because, you know, the fickle American voter... Um, they always talk about the October surprise. I mean, now I think it's November surprise because the day before people could suddenly change their mind about what they're doing because people are so stupid. But anyway, <laughs> that's... Um, so, Jesse you know. means in, 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 a, in a metaphorical way. No, I mean they're stupid. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, but see, and, and again, that's why I said we need to keep our eyes open on this because we've, had the, uh, we've now had a full-fledged conservative push uh, to keep the uh to, to get the government in control of facebook and twitter uh we were in the what sparked our conversation in the car the other day was somebody filling in for rush limbaugh uh who was talking about this and bringing up this ridiculous argument again between is it a platform or is it a is it a uh, uh i forget the difference now it doesn't because it's an irrelevant yeah, difference it's the whole argument about a publisher versus a publisher versus content platform. creator or right platform, exactly whatever. And, and we ha I did a whole show on this, and I wish that there was something that we could sink in to the people's minds. The bottom line is, JC, our minds have been corrupted now for decades into believing in this, this whole public access lie that somehow you have a product that's available to the public. Now, all of a sudden, you're a public business. When public business, as far as our government and the creation of our government was concerned, when you talk about public, it means paid by tax dollars. Mm -hmm. Private businesses are paid with private funds. And the, the whole publisher platform uh, argument is it's a, a made false... Up distinction. It's a made-up distinction that always points back to government control. Right. right. The real question, there's only one question on whether the government should control something or not. What kind of money runs the company? 
Do private investors and private profit profit run the company? Then it is a private business. I don't care if they're on, you know, in the shopping mall and their oh doors are open and everybody can come in. If they're run by private investors, if they're run by private profit profits, they are a private business. Are they funded by tax dollars? And I don't mean, you know, the grant to get them started because obviously that shouldn't even exist to begin with. But I mean, are they funded by a continual flow of tax dollars? If they're not, fu if they're funded by a continual flow of tax dollars, then they are a public business. No one can argue. I mean, even Congress at this point can't argue that Facebook and Twitter is funded by government money after bringing them into Congress. And I don't know which which was a representative said, "How do you fund your stuff?" You know, <laughs> uh, ads. Well, that's private money. Therefore. Facebook and Twitter are private companies, and we cannot, no matter how scared we think we are or how manipulated we think these corporations uh, are becoming, we cannot give government control to, to control uh, the power to control private business. And I mean that in the very actual sense, businesses that are funded with private money. Right. That that's setting aside the argument that they're they're possibly launched by yes. government yes. intel right. money in the first place. But and you're talking about the day to day, as far as anybody knows, yes. the day to day operation of of a business, w whether it's public or private. And right. being private, then the government, it, there's no legitimate reason why they should be telling them what they can say, what they can publish, and that sort of thing. No, we did a great disservice to the American property principle to American principles of property when we allowed the courts to determine that simply because you sell a product in the public that you are now a government controlled business mm -hmm. uh, by the way I've seen this pop up quite a bit uh, the Constitution does not give our federal government the authority to control monopolies either Antitrust is all unconstitutional on the federal level. All of that stuff has to happen on the state level it's gonna, if it's going to happen. So keep your eyes open because, like I said, anytime you have a bipartisan push for something, whether it's uh, good, bad, or ugly, uh, it, it's difficult for the people to control the momentum. That's why I believe that, that multiple party systems in a government uh, are are more important, and I even when we're running in the duopoly, JC, I think it's important that we have strong parties within government, mm -hmm. because if we have uh, a house and a senate and a president all under the same control, then all of the sudden they run roughshod over us. Mm -hmm. There's got to be that that resistance, at least internally, since we don't seem to have any externally anymore with our states. So I wanted to take up uh, this article that, and, and people are already going to start freaking out, JC, because this is a, an article on Slate, all right? And people are like, ah, Slate, whatever. Um, but this is a really, really good article on Slate. and <laughs> that's, that's funny, advertisement. Trump is on a roll at the top of Slate's website. Oh, that is funny. They probably <laughs> wouldn't like that very much. No, they probably wouldn't like that very much. Now you guys know me. I am not a, a a worshiper of law professors, nor do I like to 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 
actually congratulate the Supreme Court on things because I know they don't do things constitutionally anymore. It's all political. But this is a really good article, and I wanted to identify. I wanted to point this out to you so you can have some extracurricular homework, maybe mm-hmm. some things that you can watch and do. But you need to go find this article. It's called "How the Supreme Court Takes Constitutional Rights Away from Students," and uh, it Justin Driver scroll up a little there, JC. All right, so Justin Driver uh, says that our schools are largely constitution-free zones. And this is true in certain aspects and, and false in others. I think that generalized statement is, is a bad statement to make, and it's partly this understanding that, that schools are constitution-free zone, JC, are the things that drives our teachers to eliminate freedom of religion in the schools. So He's not saying that's officially a constitution-free zone. He's saying because of the erosion, yes. it's... It's, oh yeah, it's right. become practically right. a right. constitution-free zone. Right. In other words, he's saying students practically don't have any rights. Well, but and from a legal perspective, I think one of his the the biggest points he tries to make in this, and it's not from a religious liberty aspect, but from a from a property aspect, from a personal privacy aspect, the mm-hmm. the courts and the laws have made that a constitution-free zone. Mm-hmm. So uh, the university. Uh, Justin Driver is a law professor at the University of Chicago, and he is an actual law professor. An actual he's not like law. a guest lecturer no. like Obama. <laughs> he's not teaching a guest from Solinsky's like book. Right, right. No, I, I, well, I don't know what he teaches, but here we have actually, and and I went to the University of Chicago's law school's website, so they actually claim this article, so it's on their news page. So mm-hmm. he actually is a law professor. And he, what I find very encouraging here is that he's criticizing. I want you to see this, JC. He's criticizing the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, his concern is that this new quote-unquote conservative Supreme Court is going to equate to a new statist Supreme Court. Now, when you read through the article, you'll see that he's, he's worried about uh, LGBT rights in the schools and, and all this kind of stuff. But what I wanted to point out here is something that I even had a problem with when I was a prosecutor, is how the students in the schools uh, actually have no rights uh, for uh, to prevent search and seizure. Uh, a, a student in a school is considered to have no right for... Um, you know, you can be forced to have a, a urinalysis in Considered the school. Considered by whom? What do you, what uh, do you by mean the by courts. That? Okay. So the courts have actually come up. Now, all of this happens. Now, the, the religious liberty impositions don't happen with the courts. That happens with false public opinion, right? So our school teachers and our administrators have this misunderstanding of separation of church and state and they don't actually read what the Department of Education has actually written on these subjects. So students are end up being prohibited from praying praying and wearing t shirts, you know, worship wear, wear, witness wear, worship wear, and passing out gospel tracts or carrying their Bibles or even writing papers about their faith when the mm. teacher asks them questions, right? Mm. So we've seen our friend Barbara uh, who works with religious liberty aspects has had parents come to her firsthand and say, my student was told today that we don't say the name of Jesus in the classroom mm-hmm. because separation of church and state. So those 
in those speech issues, I mean, it includes other speech issues, just right. non-religious things too, right? Right, because the conservative speech. Like there was this thing in that. here about the students wearing a, flat, a, a T-shirt with an American flag on yes. it, and it happened to be Cinco de Mayo, right. and the teacher told the student to to turn their T-shirt inside out that had the American flag on it because it was offensive mm -hmm. to students of Mexican heritage. Now, the, you guys that are long-term wa listeners, watchers like of, of the Daily stuff. Journal, you know we covered that when it happened. We actually carried yeah. that when it happened. But what Justin Driver says is he even says that's wrong. Right. I mean, you have a University of Chicago uh, law professor on Slate saying, hey, uh, you can't make kids turn their t-shirts inside out. You can't make them uh, not be offensive. The, the bottom line is, is if you're allowing them to wear shirts that say Cinco de Mayo or the Mexican flag, then you actually have to allow them to wear shirts with, a, with an American flag on it. Mm -hmm. It's called content neutrality. And that is something that we misunderstand. The laws created by uh, assimilation of Supreme Court opinions are the ones that have taken the property rights and the security rights and forces children to give your analysis. A lot of these things, JC, without even parental knowledge. So it's interesting in uh, reading Mr. Driver's opinions here, and that's that's him there. Mm -hmm. um, he so he expressed concern about. Kavanaugh, because he wasn't, so he basically said he wasn't sure, and this was a while ago, he wasn't sure about uh, where Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh would fall out on some of these things, like the, the homosexual, LGBT, mm -hmm. whatever stuff. But he, he seemed to express some hope, uh, which I found interesting, that what he said, libertarian-minded uh, justice like Kavanaugh uh, may may uh, I guess side with the liberals as he said where their concerns about civil liberties intersect. Right. Um, so then he 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 said according to him there were he was hopeful uh, that there might be some hope about particular areas of uh, of civil liberties such as the fourth Fourth Amendment right, and property exactly. rights and such things. Yeah, I don't know that. <sighs> Again, I don't know that there's much hope other than through somebody like Gorsuch about the property rights on the Fourth Amendment. We know yeah. that. That's what know, I meant to say. Yeah. I don't know if I said that. Yeah. We know that Gorsuch. Thomas is is never going to take away police powers and right, right. Kavanaugh. True. And the thing that, that Kavanaugh's Driver does. Kavanaugh's the unknown. Yeah, like, well. Know, I, don't know that, I don't know that you generally know where he's going to land. Which, it's funny that Driver classifies him as a as more conservative than Kennedy because I don't think that a, right. that actually is true. I Let think me, it's true in particular aspects. Again, like like we talked about on the other show where right. we dealt with this, you have to look at the individual topics. So, uh, like you said, mm -hmm. with Thomas, if it's a if it's basically police powers yeah. uh, to the state to the government, then Thomas is going to be for it. Then you may look at other sort of limited issues with Thomas, and he is more liberty-minded, more libertarian philosophy, and mm -hmm. will line up with Gorsuch. Um, Gorsuch is the only, really, the only one that I've found that you can right. almost predict where he's at every time a case comes up. He he's 
He's 99.9% right down the line. Let me read what Driver says in this article. He says, in another lawsuit, a student was pulled from class for wearing a t-shirt with homosexuality is shameful and be ashamed to protest his high school's day of silence, intended to promote gay equality and draw attention to the violence that is often visited upon sexual minorities. Driver said, I personally detest that message, but I think it should have been, he should have been able to wear the shirt to school. Mm-hmm. And then he, he gets into this explanation of... of um, Which is a shocking statement right, for a law professor. For a, for a law professor, but also somebody who is obviously in this article uh, pro-gay rights, mm-hmm. right? So this is something that I, I think is very important for us to understand. Uh, that liberty... Some people say, well, you can't, you can't teach liberty to a liberal. No, I'm sorry. You have to reach these people... In, within the realm of liberty, within their understanding, mm-hmm. and and bring them into a full understanding, and I think that's what Driver has here. Yeah. He understands that an imposition of his rights is an imposition of mine, and that's why he has to be left. He goes into the to the discussion of fighting words doctrine and. Whoops, sorry. And that's okay. He goes into the discussion of the fighting words doctrine and and these are re- like I said, this is a really really good article on on the condition of law and the imposition of rights in our students. Now I want to I wanted to address this JC because this is something that bothers me. People talk about our public schools as being uh, institutions of indoctrination, right? I don't think we understand how deep and subtle that actually goes. Right, it's not just a matter of common core math or teaching that the American founders were a bunch of rich, elite, white slave owners. Mm-hmm. They're also teaching that the government can decide when and where your your rights exist. They're teaching our children. It's it's disguised as respect for authority, but that's not exactly what it is. It's actually a complete submission to government. See, there's a, I believe, and maybe you can help me from a psychological perspective, there's a difference between a respect for authority and a submission to government. And, and I mean a slavish submission to government. And that's what we're teaching. That, that government can tell you you don't have your rights. That's what's happening to the kids who are refusing to pray in school, that won't pray in school, that won't bring their Bibles to school, that maybe want to. Because they're taught your teacher says no, the school says no, so you have to comply. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, and it's just, so I'll just, for me personally speaking, I, I don't know for me that I make a distinction, you know, that phrase respect for authority. I, I don't have a separate respect for authority, right? You, you, you don't, you don't uh, deserve or gain respect just because you're an authority. You should have respect for all people. I mean, I right. respect everyone. Right. Um, you know, That's probably un- a until the it. point that they're not, they don't seem deserving of respect. Right. Right. So, so I think, you know, is being respectful in that sense, just respecting. Uh, I guess I would call it human dignity. I mean, just having mm-hmm. a respect for human, the dignity of of a person, human dignity. Um, I think we have a we have a problem in this country with this I think this concept 
this accepted concept of respect for authority. Like just so right. so suddenly just because you're wearing some particular costume, camouflage, blue, whatever, you got a piece of metal stuck <clears throat> on your chest. Then, or a then government you, paycheck because yeah. you know you have to the school system yeah, is government. I mean it's everything. PH, like your PhD, whatever. I mean there are people you you get credentials and we know there are a lot of ways to to arrive at that point to get those credentials. Mm -hmm. Like we see the the lady of whatever U, UCLA or what you know paying basically bought, buying degrees, buying and degrees, whatnot, yeah. whatever. So you know just because of some credential, be it a badge, a uniform, position, uh, whatever it is, I I re I respect your demonstrated acumen. I mean, mm -hmm. but beyond that, yeah, human dignity. Good question. Define human dignity. Um, so, from from my point of view, it's it's a uh, it, it is essentially the golden rule, right? Uh, treat others as you would expect to be treated, as you would want to be treated. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Or the central core of liberty. You have a right to do whatever you want to do with whatever is yours, as as long as you don't harm another. So it's just just the human dignity that that um, the person obviously from from my viewpoint of faith we're created in the image of God and therefore you you know you have an inherent uh, you're deserving inherently of respect up to the point that you violate right you violate mm -hmm. someone else okay mm -hmm. and that's the sense of I'm not going to stand there that that's where I'm not a pacifist and these idiots like John Piper you know when they start spouting their nonsense about you know, well, you're a Christian, you got to be a pacifist. No, I respect you, right? The human dignity aspect. I respect you up to that point. You cross that line. I don't have to stand there and continue to respect you when you're robbing me, when you're raping, you know, someone or whatever. And like you hear this, you hear this garbage. Oh, where they're all, they're all creatures. They're all God's creatures, and you, you just have to respect them. No, that's nonsense. That's that's not it. It's it's having. Like my automatic default is to not harm another, to be right. respectable, to respect the dignity of another. In other words, dignity meaning you're not to be violated. You're securing your persons, houses, and effects. Really, the Fourth Amendment right. is human dignity. Yes. You're secure in your stuff, in yourself. And so, therefore, I don't have the authority to you know, cross that line. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing goes for me. You don't have the authority to cross my line of human dignity where I have the right to be secure in my persons, papers, houses, and effects. And so then once you cross that line, then therefore you're no, you're no longer deserving of that respect of your human dignity, right? So we look at instances of, say, police brutality. When you see an officer then not operating within the confines of you know, how their job is described, then you've crossed that line. I'm no longer obligated to just give you respect when you have now taken on the actions of a lawless criminal. Well, but my po I think that something that we so need I don't to know recognize if I is that all that, but. that in the education system, right? There is an effort to to create a society that simply submits and mm -hmm. will not say you have to respect my human dignity so and 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 I will respect yours and that's the problem that I'm seeing here and I'm seeing it getting worse and not getting better on the website 
chrisannhall.com. I have an article called Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future, which outlines the establishment of public education in America. It's from Charlotte Iserbitt's book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down in America. I want to read something to you. The General Education Board was incorporated by Congress in 1902. Endowed by John D. Rockefeller Sr., the purpose was to set up an educational laboratory to experiment with the very educational system Wundt, Thorndike, and Dewey proposed. Now that's a whole other story. But the director of this congressionally established organization, the General Education Board, which will become the uh, NEA, the National mm -hmm. Education Association would become the Department of Education, okay? Right. So the General Education Board becomes the Federal Department of Education. Mm -hmm. So this is a congressionally established organization and the director is a man named was a man named Frederick Gates and he said this and I'm quoting in our dream, we have limitless resources and the people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hands. The present educational conventions fade from our minds, and unhampered by tradition, we work our own goodwill upon a grateful and responsive folk. And we can't deny that this, this whole domination over our children, uh, here, here's point number one, they don't teach our rights in school anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't teach the four essential fundamental rights that are the four essential natural rights springing from natural law. Life, liberty, property, and the right to secure them individually. These are the four essential basic rights to life. Mm -hmm. We don't teach that in school anymore. We don't teach that, we, that all laws are to be made to comply with natural law, and any law that is contrary to these four principles ought to be held as no law at all is automatically contained to be tyrannical. We don't teach the foundation, yet we bring forward the foundations that that kind of ideology is wrong, right, because it's biblical, and then we put in the environment certain physical stimuli, the teachers, the rules, now we have police officers in our schools, armed police officers, uniformed police officers in our schools, teaching our children to be docile in the face of the denial of their rights. Yeah. It's submission to force. I want to show this, this video. Tra training them to submit to force. Because submit that, to force, And that yes. goes back to discussion we were having, you know, human dignity and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It really, really go centers on the individual, and it's kind of the... And I think, as Thomas Jefferson said, these things are self-evident, right. right? Because if you don't have the mutual respect for the individual, then 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 you're left with force, right? Right. So uh, you you have to you have to voluntarily accept those that self-evident truth of I I am me, right? Right. I am a sovereign. There's in, a in book in the 70s, I, I be you, you be me, or, uh, I'll be me and you be you. Yeah. I mean, that's basically but, but the bottom I, line. I, I'll be me I and am you be a you. sovereign mm -hmm. individual, right? Well, you're now on a list. Yeah, because yeah. the word sovereign. sovereign. So I'm, but <laughs> sovereign meaning I'm not owned by another person, right? right? I don't own it. I can't rightfully own another individual. Mm -hmm. No other individual rightfully owns me. Mm -hmm. Therefore, what is what is mine is mine to control, enjoy, right. 
dispose of, right. what have you. Then I have no right to control, dispose of, utilize something that somebody else is without their voluntary consent. So it's about individual and mutual consent. Uh, and that, real, that, in my mind, is the core of, of human dignity. Right. And, right. and you, you can put you can throw property. Right. The, the, you can talk about the core concept being property and the enjoyment of property and, and even the person as a property of self. So, right. you know, rhetorically speaking, conceptually speaking, you can you can explain uh, morality, morality rhetorically uh, with the concept of property. What's interesting, we just finished in, at River University in, in my Constitution 2 class, the principle of the right to resistance, which is, a, which is an inherent right. That's one of our inherent rights, the, the right to resist someone trying to own us, the right to resist someone trying to, to deny us of these four fundamental basic rights. Our children are not being taught this. And you and I have often agreed and said on many occasions that we have, and I, I probably believe this first half more so than you do, I believe that we have the opportunity, we have the authority, we have the power, we even have the ability to turn America around today. Uh, I believe that we, we still have those tools within our, our toolkit, we still have the ability to do this, okay? Um, but we don't, we, we will not be able to maintain a right path if we do not correct what's happening in the high schools, in our, our education system. And we can talk, you know, 37 days about the right way to fix that, but the bottom line is this. If we don't concentrate on changing what's happening in our schools, Nothing is going to change in America. It's only going to get worse. Play the video, JC, on, on Facebook here. I want to I want to show this. Okay. Because I want I want us. To, there's there's several problems with this video, and I want the people to see this so they can see it themselves. She said you're not leaving until you get a phone. A parent on the phone. Y'all blocking. So the backstory is. If you're not holding me, get the hell Pause it just one second, JC. The backstory is this young man has dropped off, apparently he carpools with some friends to school, he's the driver, he dropped them off at school, and he's trying to leave school because he has an orthodontist's appointment, okay? Now, they have blocked his exit, and apparently they've blocked some other people's exit as well. They've got a golf cart in front of the exit, and they're refusing a resource officer, which is a sheriff deputy in uniform, and a, a, uh, a school employee are having this conversation with him. So listen closely. You, you get a phone, a parent on the phone. Y'all blocking me. Like, like if you're not holding me, get the hell out of my way. Like, you're truant. Well, there's a car behind you. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. You're going to get shot. You come another fucking foot close to me. You, you run into me, you'll get fucking shot. So you're not blocking me. You're not holding me. This right? is my campus, brother. But you're not holding me here, right? But you're standing in the way so I can't leave. So you are here. blocking me. Well, right? now you're being recorded. I know. Okay. So, so unless you put that car in park. Well, for what? For what? You're truant. No, I'm not truant. You're trying to leave campus. That's what truant I'm is. I'm allowed to leave campus. I'm old enough to leave Turn campus. those wheels to the, to the right. Are you, 
Are you holding me here against Mr. Miller. My will right now? No, no, no. Are you holding me here against my will right now? You're a juvenile. Right You're a juvenile. I, I, I'm old enough Thank to you. leave. I'm allowed to leave. I don't care if I'm a juvenile. Well, then you're truant. Okay, I'm truant. I'm truant. You're defying Miss Bond yeah, using profanities. I'm defying We're just Bond. standing here. What are you talking about? Get out of my way then. Oh, you're not in charge of me. So you're watching did he pull up here? He pulled up here. Or did we pull in front of him? We didn't pull in front of him. Well, like, we <laughs> in front of us. Out, like. So what do you want to do? Give him a, a couple of referrals or? You know what you can do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can, you can take an early vacation and not come back the rest of the week. How's that? And, and you're and you're not come back the rest of the week. That, yes, right? I am. Yeah, really? You, yes, I am. Really? For what? You leave this parking lot four yeah. days out. For what? That's for, her job. Yes. No. yes. No, it's not I'm job. not going to stand her. You're going to tell her what her job is? Yeah, yeah he is. Because, because it's so funny. Like, <laughs> it's actually so funny because I'm leaving to like, go do something like legitimate. And then so when I come back with like an excuse paper that says I was allowed to leave, it's like so funny. There's like, no excuse. No, no, no. There is. Like, there is an excuse. What is it? I can't. I'm not going to tell you inside later. <laughs> but I just think it's funny. Like, I think it's funny how y'all harassing me. Like, We're harassing you. I mean, yeah. You're I leaving. So, there's a couple things that I want us to point out here. First and foremost, JC, how quick was that officer to jump to, I will shoot you? Seriously, I will shoot you. And, and this is, what is that? That's, that is the threat of authority, okay? All right, did, the, did, did this young man handle this appropriately? Could he have done things better? The answer to that question is sure, but here's the question I have for you, JC. Which one of these three were the freaking adult in the situation? Then I, I, I don't want this to, I don't want people to miss this, JC. The officer says, and I know you caught this, this is my place. This is my school. Mm. No, no. See, this is my whole argument about this authority thing, right? The kid was not going to run over him. He was trying to back up and go the way that the other car did to get around him. He's not. And here's the thing. The kid was right. The kid was breaking no law. He had no requirement to be in school. Here's the thing. Florida Statute 1003.21. Compulsory education. Both the person working for the school and the resource officer were holding this this young man kidnapping him at this time against his will because Florida statute only requires compulsory education from the years of six years old to 15 years old once you turn 16 you are no longer required by law to be in school now that young man was driving a vehicle by himself he had no other person in the car with him in Florida to in order to drive a vehicle without a passenger or without an adult you have to be 16 years or older let me let me ask you this so uh, they were they were holding him captive in a situation where he had they had no authority to do so let me let me ask you something from the uh, point of view of a prosecutor so your experience as a prosecutor um, because Pasco County had an interesting response about the officer's mm -hmm. action. So let me ask you this. Um, now this me, is Pasco County, Florida. Yeah, so me, JC, um, I, I am 
you know, I don't know, in the mall, right, or just on the sidewalk, I, I have a firearm, right, my firearm is visible, and I say, I'm going to shoot you. Right. Is that criminal? Yes. Would that be considered a criminal act? That is aggravated. Can you explain? That is uh, aggravated in the state of Florida. Now, uh, criminal codes differ in their language and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. But in the state of Florida, that would be considered aggravated assault with okay. a deadly weapon. So this this is an officer standing there. I mean, he's got his farm. His farm is on his hip. It's visible. Um, I mean, we, we live in a world where we see cops, cop shootings, you know, uh, shown mm -hmm. all the time. So Pasco County says that um, there is, so they, I guess they have an internal investigation, but there's no case or ongoing, I forget how they said it exactly, but I, I do remember they said they're not doing something because it's not criminal. Nothing criminal occurred here. Yeah. So isn't this an example of what I'm what I was talking about? You know, the cult of authority in the sense of it's two different standards. Right. So just simply because of his claim to authority, mm -hmm. therefore a a act that is otherwise criminal to right. every other person within right. that municipality. Right. He is deemed not to be engaging in criminal activity simply by nature of his position. Right. Uh, that that is not equal treatment under the law. That is no. that, that is not a just uh, legal system. Well, in in reality, and I don't know why, and I, the, the, you know, I mean, the YouTube, the Facebook page that we saw is actually the Facebook page of the of the young man's mother. Mm -hmm. She's the one that posted this. Now, if we had watched it all the way through, the the lack of respect for human dignity is so ev evident in this video they're joking and laughing the officer even says i'm glad i had my body cam on like he was somehow justified in what they're doing and, and they're threatening to shoot threatening to shoot a 16 year old young man right at this point in time with a i can't say this more strongly a legal right to leave campus you cannot force him to be on campus in the state of Florida at the age of 16. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you think you don't like that law, that people should be forced to, to go to school until they graduate, or, or 17, or 18, until they're adult. That's fine. Change the law. But the law as it stands right now, at the age of 16, you cannot force him to stay. So at some point in time, somebody's got to be talking about the fact that they were kidnapping this child. What happens if the roles are reversed? Yeah. If that kid tells that gentleman, I'm going to shoot you. Right. What happens to that kid? Well, I mean, we have that experience personally, JC. The president of the Senate in Florida sent me an email telling me that he thought that I should be shot or hanged for asserting that the state should stand up against unconstitutional federal authority. What would have happened if I had sent the Senate president in the, in the state of Florida an email telling him I thought he should be shot or hanged? Right. It's, it's we, we have now... It's lawlessness. It is lawlessness. And what, what really disturbs me, okay, as an adult, I can overcome that because I understand that I am not a second-class citizen. I understand that I have rights. My point is, we are training these children into believing that they are second-class citizens, that there is a two-tiered standard, and we're training them. And 
so the child was rebellious. You know what? Rules he's make rebels. First he's off, a he's, kid. A, first off he's, he's a, a teen. child. He's a 16-year-old boy. And this Who hasn't met a rebellious 16-year-old boy? By the way, this, this that and that's a constant kind of conversation in in these uh, you know, officer malfeasance episodes, right? Where they're mm-hmm. out of control, shooting, beating, whatever is going on. And the people, you know, so many statists want to look at the person. Well, they said this or they were, uh, you know, loud or whatever. The 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 so-called officer is the one that's supposed to be the professional, right? right. So they're supposed to be the ones on a higher standard, not to lower themselves and say, oh, well, you know, she was cussing at him, therefore he had to punch her in the face. No, the, the, the professional, right, mm-hmm. is supposed to be the one to stay above the three. Frey, here, here's an interesting aspect of this to me, um, the profanity issue. Mm-hmm. So the young man, the young man got suspended. Uh, no, he got a, expelled. He expelled. They for, expelled for like him. a week. And no, no, no. He's he's done. He's not allowed to come back. They first initially suspended him until January second, and then the school came back and told him you can't come back at all. Yeah. So so, so because the kid had an orthodontist appointment, now he can't finish his education at all. Yeah, he can't get his 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 high and, school diploma. And let me let me say this: um, if the officer puts his statement in subjunctive mood, is that justified? He says, if if you uh-huh. whatever, if you, if do, you this, do this, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna shoot, shoot you. you. Yeah. So that's that is that appropriate? I mean that's how you treat a sixteen year old? I mean, because no. some I hear statists, you know, say that, oh well, you know, they should have complied and he's just giving a warning and he's just saying what's gonna happen. I mean what kind of animal, what kind of looney tune even talks Well, the like first that thing is, a, is that he did not have, he did not, legally speaking, he did not have an obligation to comply with that officer's order because it was not a lawful order. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you, uh, let's put it this way. What if a mother was in that car, right? What if an, a, a parent was driving that car and the, and the police officer said, you can't leave and if you drive at me, I'm going to shoot you. At that point in time, because that young man was 16, he had the same status as an adult trying to leave that school. Would we having the same conversation if it was an adult, try, a parent trying to leave the school and the well, officer made this statement? Now, let, let's, be, let's be very clear. He did, his initial statement was not, you hit me. His first statement, because yeah, he, he made right. two statements. Mm-hmm. He said, if you come any closer, you come you're any closer. going to get effing shot. That's right. He, he was said. the one that cussed at the kid so, first. So just close, you know, cl- cl- come in close or whatever. Yeah, and so that was the other thing. The with police me. officer was the one who was throwing the f bombs first. That's that was the thing. So and I thought, given the circumstance, the young man was incredibly respectful. I mean, he was he was uh, resistant and non-compliant. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if the kid. Yeah, it was a weird thing for me because I don't know. I kind of think, did the kid even hear him say, I'm going to shoot you? Or or he just, because he just sloughed that off. Like, other people, I've seen grown folks, you say something like that, and all of a sudden, man, would freak out, get nervous, scared, whatever. So he just like, the guy said, I'm going to shoot you. And the kid, I don't know, either didn't hear it, or this kid was like, had a, you know, a big, a big pair of cojones, just like was, hey, bro, and, co- you know. Well, but you know, at that age, you're immortal anyway. They don't really think about that stuff. But crazy, I mean, come on, at at what point? Because, again, truant, leaving the parking lot. Um, 
Is that now a capital do, offense? Do, I mean, you get the death did, penalty for being truant and leaving. Would would, would someone would someone legitimately argue that the officer really thought the kid was a was was you know had his, had it in mind to run him over with the truck? I mean, that he perceived that's what was going on. No, it I was mean, obvious he was trying to. He was just flexing. I mean, this just no. obnoxious. No, I mean the the officer just yeah. obnoxious, mm -hmm. loud mouth piece of garbage uh flexing i don't think he perceived because that's another trick that they're taught also uh my i felt threatened my life was in danger i mean they 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 that comes out you see you'll see bad bad cops like this guy um you know they'll say what's the thing they 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 are taught to yell out mm -hmm. stop resisting stop resisting punch stop yeah. resisting i'm yeah. punching the old lady or the guy having a seizure foaming at the mouth i'm punching him in the face going stop resisting stop resist so they're taught to do stuff like that so he's you know he he kind of articulated the the description of the perpetrator was threatening with his vehicle and I feared for my life therefore and you know that's what's going to come back on the internal investigation report of right. Pasco County and Pasco County is going to say uh, he was acting within the confines of police procedure nothing to see here move along peasant you know that's what's going to come out you of know, Pasco the, the we are we have to accept the fact that we are in a situation where statism because of the decline of morality is is going to be a problem in, in, in America. I mean, my goodness, Frederick Bastiat wrote about it in 1850. Okay, we know that when, when society, the morality of society declines, uh, you, can't in, you, can't rec you can't rely on the morality of the people to love the neighbor as yourself. So then law comes in to try to replace morality. And as law comes in to replace morality, the society declines further. It doesn't help us, it makes it worse. Yeah. My whole contention, and it's time for us to go. But my whole contention is this, JC. What are we teaching our young people? What are we teaching? This is why this is reason 358,976, why Colton will never set foot in a government school. What did we teach all these law enforcement officers? I know. what. Uh, it's not so much what, what we mean? taught them. It's what we don't teach them. Unbelievable. We don't teach them. We don't teach them about natural rights. We don't teach them. Here's the thing. We paint it on the side of their car, law enforcement, right? We paint it on the side of their car, crime prevention, instead of peace officer, instead of uh, rights protector, right? So we give them a name and they live up to the name. What's that? And, 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 and then you get the whole, you know, I'm just following the law crap. Yeah, just like that term, law enforcement. Yes. I mean, that even speaks, I mean, force is even, force is in the term. So law enforcement is that, is that uh, term to authority, right? The appeal to authority that I'm, I'm the authority and I'm making you. Well, what's interesting is Rather Indiana, protecting your Indiana has, as we close up today, Indiana has passed a law that extends the the um, the uh, doctrine of uh, castle doctrine that says if a police officer unlawfully enters your home, you're not going to be prosecuted for shooting them. So you've got to, I mean, that should really do something to curtail yeah. all of these no-knock raids. PBA's up in arms about that. Fake warrants that they have out there, right? <laughs> So maybe because people are talking about it, maybe it's because uh, we have 
a situation now where the people can, by law, you know, by natural light, you have, right, you have a, a right to protect your property and yourself, mm -hmm. to secure your own physical life. But now by law, when a law is in compliance with natural law, it's a just law. By law now, you can tell these people. And I don't think that this law is going to get more officers shot. What I think is going to happen is the quite opposite, because now there's not going to be that no. qualified immunity. Get less, re less residents shot and more... Uh, more of these folks held right. accountable. Right, right. So I think an officer who knows they're not going to be covered by the color of law by breaking and entering into somebody's house uh, is going to be less likely to do that, right? It's okay, only truth. You, you're welcome here, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, the, the, uh, you talk about the, that issue. Mm -hmm. I just watched a show, I just watched a movie that I recommend, um, a little documentary called uh, Do Not Resist. Um, and it's amazing, particularly you talk about this, this idea of crime prevention to mm -hmm. see how these people think. I mean, they literally have programs where they're compiling data on people and at the click, with the click of a mouse, make the determination whether you are going to commit a crime or not mm -hmm. so that they can intervene right. prior to the crime. What was that? Minority report? Minority report. I mean, that's, right. it's out there. It's That's what, they, that's what they're working Person on. Person of interest is another one. Person of, no, person in of interest. Yeah, in yeah. that movie, one of the officers, female, female cop is driving down the road and she references that show like it's a like this is yeah this is what we need that's a good thing that's how it should be i mean if you if you have you and she goes if you know everything <laughs> and i mean they watch these csi shows and this this total fiction on tv of yeah we we know everything we got everything and you predict what they're going to going to do then then that's a good thing we should be right. we should do it right? right and so you i mean literal literally officers on the street with with this mentality cops on the street and it's funny in this the documentary the guy goes in looking at these SWATs and all this and, and he said and, and talking about the militarization and all the equipment and he says you know I went in and I was thinking um, I'm gonna I, I, I want to be able to see a, a, a raid or some instance where this stuff is necessary and he basically says there wasn't an instance and they it was hundreds of raids and all this sort of thing and he, it was basically turned out to be all these um, really dubious search warrants being uh, served and with all this military equipment and, mm -hmm. and crazy stuff. And, and then he gets to that point of surveillance with the, uh, the plate scanners and cameras and this predictive mm -hmm. technology uh, and, and minority report person of interest uh, stuff just to, yeah, do not resist. And it's a, it's a uh, documentary documentary so there in fact there's very little commentary I, mean, I don't think there's any commentary in the documentary you're basically there like the guys are just going around you're hearing the police talk you're hearing the residents talk you're you're in there while they're doing the raid you're in there while they're carrying out the warrant you're in the police training you're at the range very in fact I say zero commentary just you just see it and it's like you make the decision for yourself it's it's unbelievably frightening and this was back in 2016 while Obama was still around. Um, just unbelievably well, frightening. Well, as we close up today, I want to just leave out once again with that, that um, uh, quote from Frederick Gates. And this was what I want us to think about. What are we teaching our children? 
And if we're, it's not just a matter of history, it's not just a matter of math, but what are we physically conditioning them into psychologically to believe with what we're doing mm -hmm. in the classrooms? He says, in our dream, we have limitless resources and the people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hands. The present educational conventions fade from our minds and unhampered by tradition, we work our own goodwill upon a grateful and responsive folk. That is Frederick Gates, the director of the General Board of Education in 1902. Here we are. Time to get back do not, to our children. Do Not Resist is the name of that, that documentary. And um, yeah, Thaddeus, if you want to see it, I have it. I'll, I'll show it to you, bro. All right. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow.